Uh, let's take a look at God's Word uh, this morning. Uh, uh, but before we do that, I want to just ask you, have you ever had, uh, well, I know that you have, uh, learned a new game? you got some friends, and they want to teach you how to play a game that you've never played before. Maybe it's dominoes, or maybe it's one of, of the 27 different ways you can play uh, dominoes. Maybe it's a card game. Maybe it's a, uh, may, maybe it's a video game. Maybe it's chess, whatever it is. And they say, listen, all you got to do is just watch us, and when it's your turn, we'll, we'll tell you what to do. Well, then it comes your turn. And you have no idea what to do. And in fact, you're just kind of staring there and saying, what is it that I'm supposed to do now? And you have a sense inside of you. I know that there's a right thing to do. I know that there's a wrong thing to do. I don't think I can participate in this game if I don't figure out what to do. In these weeks, we are looking at a sermon series called Chapter and Verse, individual verses in the Word of God that build confident uh, believers. In fact, some of the ones that we've looked at already include Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 that says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We looked at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We move to Isaiah chapter 53, 6, talking about the need in our life. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. But we found the good news last week in Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. It says, and they said this, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You, your household, and everyone that you know. Acts chapter 16 verse 31. But this brings us to this point. This describes to me my need to be saved. It tells me how I can be saved. It tells me how Jesus can enter into my life and I can become a disciple, a follower of Jesus. But now what do I do? It's my turn. It's, 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 I want to do this. I feel like I should be able to do this. But what does it look like to live as a follower of Jesus? I've never done this before. I'm not sure what to do. It feels like everybody else at the table already knows everything. What am I supposed to do? This morning I want to look at a verse that I would say simply gives us our daily guide to faith. Our daily guide to living for Jesus as a follower of Jesus. The verse that we look at this morning is in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. And it says this. Let's read this together. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Matthew 6, 33. Let's try that together out loud this time. I know you all were thinking it, but, but let's read it together out loud this morning. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What do I do now? I would tell you that this is our faith. We're going to look at it in just a moment. Our faith in three words. We're going to take a look at this, and this is our daily guide to faith. Now, very quickly, just to give you an, uh, an overview, these verses come 
out of a passage of Scripture that we call the Sermon on the Mount. It is the longest recording of Jesus' teachings. When, when he teaches the crowd, he teaches the disciples, he teaches all of his followers. This is what it means to be my follower. And in fact, this verse may be the heart of the heart of Jesus' teachings. And so when we look at this verse, this is Jesus' words to his followers on a daily guide to faith. Three words that simply describe how we be followers of Jesus. Let's take a look at those words uh, together. The first one uh, comes to the question of priority. The first one is priority. How many of you know what the most important thing for you to do tomorrow is? How many of you know what the number one most important thing for you to do tomorrow is? Well, there's a little bit of a challenge because it really depends on who you ask. If you ask your kids, it's one thing. If you ask your spouse, it's another thing. If you, if you ask uh, your boss, it's another thing. If you ask your best friend, it's another thing. And every once in a while, you might want to get around and ask yourself what the most important thing is. There are so many different things standing in front of us that say, pick me first. But what Jesus says to us is that if you're going to be a follower of him, the first thing that we have to seek is the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That has to be the number one thing that we chase after. That has to be the number one thing in our lives. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. Let's take just a moment and think about what those concepts are. There is a sense in which there are two different words, but they kind of link together. They're intended to be felt together. But the kingdom of God is any place where God is ruler. It is any place that God's agenda, God's plan, God's will is being given first place. His righteousness is all the things that are right in the eyes of God in a way that only God can describe and define. So what he says here is that what you need to seek above everything else is God's will and God's way. God's agenda and God's character. That needs to be the first thing that we chased after. That needs to be the first thing inside of our lives. Now, Jesus actually talks about a couple of different ways to live. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. But he is saying this in terms of a contrast because there's another way to live. In fact, he, he even says it in, in the passage that we're going to read in just a moment. He even says it in the verses preceding this. He says, don't live like the Gentiles do. Now, when Jesus is using the word Gentiles here, he is using that as a technical term that means people who don't know God. People who don't know God. He says, seek first the kingdom of God, not like the Gentiles or not like people who don't know God. Now, if you stop and think about it, boy, that's the last thing we want to be true in our lives as a follower of Jesus, as a believer in God. The last thing that we would want is for someone to describe our lives and say, that person lives like they don't even know God. And they live as though there's no access to the presence, to the relationship, to the guidance, the direction, the law of God. Don't live like a person who doesn't know God. 
In fact, the, the lead up to these verses, if you go back to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Some of your Bibles say mammon. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not also more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. See, our faith, our daily guide to faith begins with priority. The things of God, His kingdom, His way, His will to be first in our life. Now that's not always easy. In fact, Jesus talks about the fact that there are some obstacles, there are some things that are trying to be first in our life already. And he mentions several of these in this lead-up to this verse. He talks, about, he talks about our stuff, our treasure, our money, our mammon. The reason I talk about that mammon is that the, the word behind that word mammon is, is literally things in which we place our trust. It's our stuff. It's our money. I would feel a lot better if I just had a little bit more money. I would be more comfortable if I had a few more things. I would feel more secure if I could replace these things in my life with something nicer in my life. And there is a pursuit, and there is a striving that says, I really want to get some more stuff. And sometimes that pursuit of stuff is what ends up as that first priority in our life. He also talks about the fact that sometimes that first priority in our life becomes the things that we worry about, the things that we are anxious about. 
I read somebody online this week said, I bet you you can't even remember what your biggest worry was a year ago today. Huh. That, 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 may, be, that, that may be true. But I also saw that somebody replied, yeah, I can. Because it's the exact same thing I'm worried about today. You see, sometimes our worries are fleeting. They're like mist. They, they, they feel like in this moment, this is the worst thing ever. And, and the truth is, they don't really last. But there are also some other things that they stick around. In fact, I know that there are some people who are in the room today that some of the number one things that you're worrying about today you were worried about a year ago and two years ago and five years ago. And Jesus says, as important as those things are, you can't let your worries be your number one priority in your life. And then he talks about our agenda. I would like to seek first the kingdom of Tim. Anyone else? I mean, in fact, if we would all just seek the kingdom of Tim, it would be fantastic. Uh, but we, all we, we, get, we wake up some days and say, all I want to do today is whatever I want to do. That's what I would like. I would like to have a day where I just got to do whatever I felt like doing. And there would be nothing that would hold me back from just doing what I want to do. Those are different things that jockey and fight for first place in terms of our lives. And Jesus says, if you're going to be my follower, if you want to live out your faith on a daily basis, what I need you to do is I need you to move the kingdom of God. I need you to move the righteousness of God, the rightness of God, the way of God, the will of God ahead of everything else in your life to make God that first priority in everything you do. Now, there is a little side note here. Jesus also tells us in this passage that our stuff won't last he tells us that our worries won't make a difference. And he tells us that our own agenda won't move us. We don't grow if we just say, I just want my stuff. If you want to grow in the things of God, oftentimes it means being shaped by the agenda that's larger than we are. The first thing is a follower of Jesus is to make him the priority, the number one agenda in our life over our stuff, our worries, and even my own agenda. The second thing, though, is pursuit. The pursuit. I want you to see in this passage of Scripture, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What I want you to know is that is an active word. That is a doing word. Uh, parents, uh, have your kids lost anything this week? 
uh, anything at all? Have they come to you and said, I can't find my whatever it is, it's my, my shoes, my homework, my book, the clicker, the computer, the, the, the whatever it is. I can't find it. What's the number one thing that you ask them? Well, have you looked for it? Now, the truth of the matter is that in our house, and I counted this up the other day, the last 100 things that were lost in our house, Susan found 97 of them. The other three happen to be in my pocket. Um, so I understand this. Seeking takes effort. Sometimes our kids or, you know, your spouse, sometimes our, our kids get this idea uh, that says almost like Harry Potter, the things that we look for in life, they're just going to magically appear into our hand in 7.2 seconds. That, that, that's not what happens here the word of God says listen the kingdom of God has to come first but you got to seek it you got to strive you got to pursue it you've got to look for it you've got to go after it in 1990 Zach Hample went to a baseball game it was a good day when he went to that baseball game he caught a foul ball first time that had ever happened in his life and he caught that foul ball, and he thought that was so fantastic. In fact, he decided that he wanted to go to another baseball game and try to catch another baseball. And he started to study the process, and he started to watch where foul balls would land, and he started to know where players were going to hit the ball. He started to know what the conditions were and learned how to place himself, and he studied all of those things. At the last count, Zach Hampel has caught over 12,000 foul balls, or home runs. In fact, he's so good at it, there are some ballparks that won't let him in the ballpark anymore because he's stealing the balls from little kids and stuff like that. He, he's invented a, a glove that is designed just to catch foul balls. He's got these mechanisms that he's put inside of it because he has made this his number one pursuit. And so you can go to the ballpark you can even take your glove with you and you can sit back and you can hope that a ball comes your way or you can make it your number one pursuit and you can prepare and you can study and you can position yourself and you can move yourself into the right place to be there. I would tell you that I think sometimes in terms of the kingdom of God, we just kind of sit and say, I hope it comes. I hope it comes to me. I hope the things of God just show up on my doorstep. Well, the Word of God says, seek, pursue, search, work after it. In fact, we've used this definition of a disciple for some time. A disciple joyfully pursues the patterns, priorities, and purpose of Jesus. There is an effort that needs to be placed on our lives where we rearrange our priorities. We seek after the things of God so that God is first in our life. But it's not just going to come magically to us in 7.2 seconds when we reach out our hand. There has to be an effort inside of our lives. So what do I do as a follower of Jesus? Well, the first thing I, I rearrange my priorities to make the kingdom of God first. But then secondly, I have to begin to take action and activity and intentionality 
to pursue the patterns, the priorities, and the purpose of Jesus. The, the third word that I, that I want you to see here this morning is I want you to see the provision. I want you to see the provision. This is part of your daily walk with God. The back section of this verse is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. All these things will be added to you. Well, first question that we need to ask is, what are all these things? What are all of these things? Well, I'll tell you, that the first thing that is all of these things is the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You've been seeking it. You've been pursuing it. You've been chasing it down. You have been intentionally looking after the things of God. He will meet you in that place, and you will know the will and the way and the rightness of God. If you seek first the kingdom of God, God will reveal it, and He will unfold it inside of your life. But I'll also tell you that it also includes all the stuff that you need in life. All these things. All of the things that you need in life. Now, I want to make sure these words can live in the realness of your life. And so I don't want to just pass these words over very simple, but, but, but I do want you to know that they do live in the realness of your life. Remember we talked a few minutes ago about those two different layers of anxiety or worry. There's the anxiety and the worry that's really just missed. It's just the stuff that I'm worried about right now, and next week I won't even remember what that is. But we have worry all the time. Funny thing this morning is I've been worried about this sermon which is about not worrying. It's a struggle. It's a real thing in our lives. And some of those things that we worry about are just going to pass. And we're not even going to remember that we worried about them. But in the very realness of life, there are some things that you're carrying that are hard and difficult and unrelenting. And they've been part of your life today, a year ago, as long as you can remember. And as you look into the future, you can't even imagine a time where it's not present in your life. So what does it mean that all of these things will be added unto you? Jesus takes us back to the example of the birds and the flowers. He takes us back to the example of the birds and the flowers. He says, I want you to take a look at the birds and the flowers and see how beautifully they arrayed, see how much food they have to eat, see how much they've been provided for. Cool. What do the birds and the flowers have to do with me and my job situation? Well, well here's, what I, here's what I want you to see. What Jesus wants you to know is that he knows and that he sees you. And that, that's, the, that's the first thing that he wants us to know about the birds and the flowers, that all of those birds, all of those birds, Jesus knows all of them, 
all of those flowers. He knows them. He knows what their needs are. He knows what their circumstances are. He knows what their situation is. And so whatever it is, the hardship that, that continues to stick to your life that, that you can't seem to get loose from, I want you to know that your heavenly Father knows. I also want you to know that Jesus says that your heavenly Father has provided for those birds and for those flowers. Now, sometimes it may not feel like He has provided for you, but I want you to know that He is providing for you in this moment in the history of provision inside of your life. So even though it may not be the, the feeling or the comfort or the experience that you want to have in this moment, or even in this season, I want you to know that God is providing for you right now. And if you can have just a moment and step back and see the larger picture and see how He is not only providing for you in this moment, but He provided for you in the past and in all of these other places. The birds and the flowers remind us that God is actively, actively and personally providing for your life right now. And then the third part of the birds and the flowers is the, the principle, the biblical principle of even more so. Even more so. Because this is what Jesus wants you to hear. If that's how much that your heavenly Father cares about birds and weeds, birds and flowers, that hardly last, in fact, that he says, listen, they, 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 they flower today. And you, you throw them on the fire tomorrow because they're just, they're spent. There's nothing left. And if there's something that is that passing that he cares that much about, how much more so he cares about you who he has made in his image, who he sent his son to die for, who lives inside of you as a believer. If he has done that for the birds and the flowers, Imagine the provision that he has in store for your life today. So how do I live as a believer, as a follower in Christ? It's about priority. It's about pursuit. And it's about finding security inside of his provision. So what does that mean for us this morning? I think one of the things that I would just ask you to do is do a little inventory in your life and inside of your heart of those areas. Which is the one that comes easiest for you? Which is the one that you struggle for the most? Is it the priority of God? Is it pursuing God or just expecting Him to just give you everything that just shows up? Is it trusting Him for His provision. In terms of those priorities, man, what's standing in the way? Well, what is standing in the way of Jesus being first? Is it stuff? Is it our worries? Is it my preferences? 
What is it that's in first place? That's been trying to be the lead horse in the in the race when that place belongs to Jesus. And then what part of my life needs to be rearranged so that I can make him my priority, my pursuit, and live inside of his provision? Is there some practice, routine? behavior that I need to add into my life that allows me to live more securely in Christ? Is there something in my life that I need to minimize or get rid of completely because it's standing in the way of me pursuing the patterns and the priorities and the purpose of Jesus? 